You are listening to the Innovators Behind Disruption, a podcast series brought to you by Evolve ETFs. The world is evolving. Your investments should too. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this next episode of the Innovators Behind Disruption. My name is Raj Lala, CEO of Evolve. I'm also joined by Julie Shipley Strickland. Hi, Julie. Hi. So the reason I asked Julie to join us today is uh, I've gotten to know her in the last couple of years, and I find uh, her practice uh, to be very interesting from uh, the way she positions, the way she services clients, and also uh, some of her views in the market. So maybe, Julie, what we can do is we can start off by you telling everybody a little bit about your background and, uh, and your business. <clears throat> awesome. Thanks, Raj. Excited to join you guys today. Um, I started in the industry on the insurance side in the great financial crisis of 2008-2009, and I've migrated my practice over the years to focus both on risk and wealth management. I'm currently a senior wealth advisor with Wellington Altus Private Wealth, Um, and as you mentioned, uh, my practice tends to focus on females and specifically female business owners. The reason behind that is, frankly, because I love working with that segment of the market Um, and not to dissuade any of my male business owners or my male clients because they joke around with me a lot about this. But um, females are just such a beautiful segment of the market to work with. And I think they're they're very much underserviced. Uh, I think they have unique needs that I really like meeting. Um, And I think one of the biggest reasons why my practice is kind of navigated over there is because I really crave connection and alignment when I'm working with clients. So I want to be having a great conversation. I want to get into what your goals are, where you're at, what you're trying to accomplish for your particular situation. And I find those conversations are really easily had with a lot of women. Um, So I think it's a really nice fit. So break it down a little bit. Um, <clears throat> is there specific uh, types of uh, females that you're trying to service right now or that your target audience is, or is it the entire spectrum? Yeah, I think I gravitate towards female business owners. And I think that's because I am one. I mean, with Wellington Altus, we're, we're really independent. Um, we're really able to service clients and we're not pigeonholed into any product or, or um, space in any way, shape or form. It's really whatever's best for the client we're able to do. So in that way, I'm very entrepreneurial. My risk business is very entrepreneurial. And so I tend to gravitate and be able to help other female business owners with the issues that we have, right? space or staff or how to grow or how to expand, how to save. What does this look like? How much cash should I have to expand my business and service my clients versus how much should I be investing for my future? Uh, And how do I support my team around me, build a great culture, this sort of thing. So when you're living those types of things, it's very easy to be able to support other women in in those similar situations. So I think that's, that's where the fit happens. And you're, and you obviously have male business owners. It's <laughs> I do. Um, so what are the unique differences from your perspective of a female business owner and the needs that they might have and a male business owner? Yeah. And I think I should say that, you know, the male <laughs> business owners that I work with definitely um, have a couple traits that I really, really align well with. One of them is that they're eager to learn. So they can fully admit that they don't know necessarily what they're doing. Uh, their special 
their specialty is in their area and they would like to continue focusing on that. But at the same time, they want to be able to sell their business and or retire at some point. And so that alignment really works well because I'm a big believer of education. I'm a big believer that if you're educated, you're a lot more confident in making your investment decisions. And so when my male business owners want that, we align really, really well. And I would say that that's a big similarity between all of my clients. They're eager to learn, eager to get educated. That being said, I would say more of my male business owners, um, they like to have some of their own investments that they're managing. I would see that less with my female business owners. They may dabble, but they wouldn't have a large portion of their portfolio on their own, whereas some of my male business owners definitely do. You know, they might have 30, 40% of their portfolio that they're playing with. Um, and that works really, really well. I find that enhances their education uh, <laughs> and lets them see the value that I bring to the, to the situation. Um, because often we have some fun contests of what, what you know, they get for a rate of return and what I get on their portfolio. And, and I have a pretty good track record. So um, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. And that, that makes for a really good trusted relationship. Um, but I would definitely say there's a difference there. My males love investing on their own, whereas females, I think they're still a bit more hesitant to do that. And are they open to getting educated on their investments? I'm assuming the answer would be yes. They're being probably more proactive um, in terms of their own finances. I mean, the old stereotype or stigma that many people had of female investors in the past was that they just basically followed whatever their husband did in the portfolio and they really didn't know much about it. But I believe that, uh, you know, the last 20 years, maybe less, maybe 10 years, it's just really changed, right? I mean, it's, it's, we obviously are, are uh, we're in a movement uh, at the moment where women are getting more educated and they're being more proactive and it's become really important um, to them. I, I don't know how successful your, your, your positioning would have been 25 years ago, uh, but we're in different times, right? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Rash. The, the, the drive for knowledge amongst women, I feel like has skyrocketed. I feel, especially over the past, I would agree with you, seven to 10 years, it's really become a priority for women. They really want to understand. They want to learn. They might not want to know the nitty gritties, right? They might, some of them still like to stay at a very high level, but they want to understand what their RSP is doing for them. Why are we buying dividend paying stocks? You know, why are we in tech? Why are we out of tech? Why are we in energy? Why are we out of energy? They really like to know the rationale. I don't find I get many saying, you know, Julie, I really want you to buy this stock. They trust my knowledge and my research for them on that, but they want to know the why behind why we're buying that, right? That's really important to them. Um, and so I find that a really fun part of my job is educating. I really, really mm -hmm. like that. Um, and it's awesome to see women get really excited about something they're investing in. Uh, so I find that's just a really special part of what I get to do every day. What about risk tolerance? If you compare the genders, um, I'm pretty sure I, 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 I have, I think males typically will take more risk within their portfolios than females will be, but out of curiosity, you know, what's your view? Yeah. You know, that's a tricky one. I get asked that a lot. I would say more and more women are willing to take more and more risk. Um, I, I guess I would say they might have, they might keep more cash on hand. So if I look at my male business owners, they may rely on, I mean, 
I'm definitely generalizing here. They may rely on a line of credit for cash flow. They may keep, you know, two to three months cash flow. Whereas I feel like some of my female business owners will keep three to six months and won't really worry, you know, the line of credit's gravy on top of that. Um, but in terms of pure investment, a lot of my females like that higher risk stuff. They're business owners. So they're used to that risk. They're comfortable risk. with it. Yeah. yeah. It's not something new or surprising to them. It's within their comfort. Um, and, you know, half the time they go, you know, you look at the track record and we all know past returns don't show future returns. We get that. But they still look at that. And a lot of them see that as a lot more stable than the business they're building. Yeah, I think. Yeah, listen, I, I, I totally agree. I think we're in. First of all, I think we're in incredibly different times right now as it relates to investing. And we're going to we're going to talk about that. Uh, talk about that in a, in a second. But, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of really key differences between the mentality I find uh, that a lot of women have. When I think back, you know, I've heard so many stories in the past about how there's a family and, and you know, the, the, there's a, a man and wife and uh, the, the, unfortunately the male passes away or they get a divorce or they get a divorce yeah. and the, fe- the female had no clue about the finances of the family, the portfolio, no clue on how to do a lot of the different things from a financial perspective. And it was an incredibly rude awakening for them to have to go through it, especially if they couldn't rely on that other spouse. And now I know it happens the other way around as well, but let's be honest, you know, 20 years ago, it was typically the male that made all of the investment decisions and, and financial decisions. So I think what you're, the work that you're doing is super important. I think it's great that, you know, the female population is taking more interest in investments and, and their finances, because that is all about empowerment. Yeah. Thank right? you. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think to touch on that, some of their concerns are a little bit different in how they approach investing, right? I get a lot more women who are passionate about a certain industry or they really want to support, uh, you know, new women starting out their own business, um, that sort of thing. And I love that. Like, I think it's such an exciting, I feel like we're at the tip of the iceberg. Like, we're just starting to see what these women can do with the wealth. And it's been well-documented, right? Women are going to own, pick a year, pick a percentage. I mean, it's always more than 50% are going to, they're really going to handle the bulk of the wealth going forward. Um, and I think it's, I think it's exciting times. Okay. Let's pivot to the markets. Everyone's favorite topic. We are recording oh, yeah. this on May the 12th. Uh, it has been a very challenging market to say the least. Uh, how are you navigating Ah, you know, I I keep going back to the old adage of staying the course. Uh, You know, there's reasons why things are happening in the market. This isn't out of the blue. A lot of economists predicted this three, six months ago. Uh, You know, this isn't surprising. We've got a, you know, U.S. midterm election this year. We've got interest rates that have gone up, arguably quite quickly. Inflation. Inflation, we're combating that. We have a war between Russia and Ukraine. We've got supply chain we're trying to clean up. We've got, you know, parts of the world that are still shutting down a little bit because of our, you know, best friend COVID here that keeps rearing its ugly head. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, we're, we're dealing with a lot of things. We, you know, a lot of people will say that several companies were in several sectors were, you know, look, their valuations were way too high. We needed to come into some sort of correction, you know, another rabbit ear this to in order to put things back into place. So I, I think we've got, like always, a lot of moving factors. 
Um, and, you know, the market's uncertain. It doesn't know what to do. But at the same time, this isn't something that we haven't seen before. Sure, the combination of factors affecting the market is different than it was 2018 and 2014 and 2008. Sure. But, you know, these are quote unquote normal market conditions where the market's not always going to go up, unfortunately. Um, so I think it's about getting clients to stay the course. I think it's about um, giving that confidence and that education as to why things are, are going a little sideways or more accurately, probably down right now. Yeah. Um, and I think it comes back to that um, steady eddy mentality of, you know, how do you build portfolios? How do you position them for good times and bad times? And how do you keep clients just, you know, staying where they should be to navigate through these troubling times? Because we won't stay in this. We all know that we're going to come out on the other side of this and we're going to see some positive rates of return. I feel like this is the market that I was expecting in March of 2020 when the pandemic kicked in, right? I mean, and it would have made total sense back then. 150%. um, Recessionary fears, rates, everything, inflation, everything, supply chain issues. It's kind of what I expected back then. Obviously, we were all pleasantly surprised that the markets rallied for the following 18 months. And now, uh, and part of the reason why we're hitting this downturn is partly because of what happened in March of 2020 as well as one of the many factors uh, that's mm-hmm. contributing. So are you, so you're staying the course right now. You're not making any major portfolio changes for your clients. We made them. So we you made mean- some in December. Uh, we sat back and looked at some of the, the positioning with interest rates. We knew that was going to go up. So we made some changes there. Um, you know, I am a big believer. I've done tons of reading on the energy and the commodity space. Mm-hmm. And I was a big believer. So we, I mean, we've been moving clients into that since about summer of 2020, uh, depending on the client and the risk tolerance. Um, it, it's just something that I really, really believe in. And I, I just don't see it ending really in the short term. Um, and they, you know, companies have held up well. I mean, energy is doing great. And a lot of the commodities are doing well. It's really one of the few, one of the few shining, shining spaces yes. at this point, right? Very few. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think we've made our positions. This isn't, this isn't an overly big surprise to us, to be honest. Um, you know, did we expect the exact numbers that have happened? Of course not. But did we expect some sort of pullback in the Q1, Q2? Of course, we're not going to raise interest rates and combat this inflation and deal with a war and the market's going to sail on to positive returns, right? That just doesn't make sense. So I think we've made our moves. I think we want to see, you know, my team, I think we're sitting back saying, you know, let's see what happens here with Q2. I think we're well positioned. I think we're comfortable. Let's see how earnings come back. Let's see how things settle down. Um, And let's see how these interest rate increases impact inflation. Um, And then let's make decisions from there. Finding finding interesting opportunities that that, that are kind of on your radar right now? Like what about tech? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was a huge proponent of tech in 2020 um, and we kept it part with through 2021 and then started to sell off because it just seemed like we had really seen a lot of that growth, mm-hmm. right? And so as always, you never sell off the top because you never know it's the top, hindsight's 2020. Um, and so we sold off some, uh, we started rebuying probably a bit too early, um, but we did start rebuying and I think it's a great buy right now. I, I yeah. really do. I think there's a great opportunity there now. You can't tell me these companies are going to stay down 20 or 22 or whatever percentage they're at. I mean, it changes every day, but yeah, it's a great companies. 
Yeah, it's just right. I think you're right. I mean, look at Amazon's back to where it was uh, when the pandemic started. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it's and and they're forget about their e-commerce business, but they're the biggest provider of cloud computing services in the world. I mean, you look at some of these companies and you say they're oversold now. And yeah. I, I've got to believe at some point soon uh, we will capitulate and <laughs> we'll start to see uh, a bottom. Maybe I don't know. Maybe yeah. we're at the bottom today. Uh, well, I, I, we'll see. Yeah, you're exactly right. I couldn't agree with you more. And I, you know, when it comes to investing, you really got to be forward looking, right? You really got to sit back. You can't look at now. You're not going to change a portfolio for now. You should have done it three, six, nine months ago. You yeah. can't do it now. So you yeah. really have to sit. And whenever I'm making adjustments to portfolios, we're always looking forward. What's the market going to look like in three, six, nine months? And let's make those moves now. And to me, whether the bottom's in today, last week, last month, next month, at the end of the day, do we believe that the future of the world is an Amazon? Yeah, they're probably going to come back. They're probably going to do great. We're not buying for the next week. We're buying for the next few years and going forward, right? So I couldn't agree with you more. Um, to me, it's just a matter of positioning the portfolios and then just staying the course and don't let the short-term noise affect long-term decisions because that doesn't align. Good. Well, listen, Julie. Keep up the great work. I think it's very important what you're doing uh, and the way you're building your practice. And uh, thank you very much for uh, participating in this. Thanks. Love the conversation. Really appreciate it, Raj. Okay. Thanks, Julie. Take care. You have been listening to the Innovators Behind Disruption, a podcast series brought to you by Evolve ETFs. Remain educated. Be informed. Sign up for our newsletter and learn more at EvolveETFs.com.